thank you for joining Christine Crockett-Smith as she shares insights and parenting strategies from her gold medal winning book, 18 Master Values, Be the Parent You Wish You'd Had, a great resource for peaceful parent-child relationships. Hey there, thank you so much for being here with us today to talk about my book, 18 Master Values, Be the Parent You Wish you'd had. I am so excited about my guest today, Mr. Clifton Johnson. Do you want to tell them just a little bit about who you are? Sure. Thank you, Christine. I I am so fortunate to be your guest today. And I love the fact that your name is Christine Crockett-Smith. Why? Because my name is Clifton Ellis Johnson. Right, right, right. (laughs) I'm going to start calling myself Clifton Ellis Johnson using all three names. But I'm a parent, a a proud parent of two children. I have a 32-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son. You know, one thing I've noticed, um, people with littles, people who are just now raising their little people, love hearing from us with grown children. Oh, yeah. Both what we did right and what we did wrong. Uh, (laughs) We're probably going to talk more about what we did right today, but whatever. Clifton, um, it's so perfect today. We're talking about two of the chapters, Sense of Service and Mm -hmm. Financial Acumen, and he has been a financial advisor, and he has a nonprofit, so this is super cool. It's like there hasn't been a more perfect pairing yet, (laughs) so thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, So first, we're going to talk about Sense of Service, Okay. and um, for me, that's why we're here. For me, being of service to other people is a fundamental part of being human. And you obviously think it's important because you started a nonprofit that is completely about helping other people. You want to talk a little bit about what sense of service means to you, whether it's as a parent or not or whatever? For sure, for sure. It it started before the nonprofit, though. And I was just thinking about this when when you talked. What was my first real experience that there is something bigger than me that I need to be responsible for. And that was when my daughter, Michelle, was born. And I remember t- coming home from the, from the hospital, and my wife at the time was breastfeeding her. And she, was, she would feed, and then she would go to sleep. Mm. Feed and go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, she fed, and then she didn't go to sleep. And I'm sitting there going, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so that's when I fi- it hit me. This life is 100% dependent upon us. And that just changed everything, my perspective of everything. I saw my parents and what they did for me and their sacrifice in a much in a different lens. And I think that's the biggest thing. Now, you don't have to have a child to, to get that epiphany that the, there's a world that's bigger than just yourself. And I saw that in my mother. In what she did, I saw that in my father and the sacrifice that he's he's done for me, but also for what they did for other people in the community. So my mother, back when we were in uh, in Los Angeles, she created this club called the Madden Avenue Athletic Club, where she took all of the young kids from the neighborhood, and we were out there doing push-ups and sit-ups on the front line, and then we were running around the yard and everything. And we were in a very bad neighborhood. It was one of the biggest crime centers of Los Angeles. But she felt, again, doing something for not just herself and her children, but for the whole community. So I experienced that and saw that. It didn't hit me as a child. But as I'm older now, I look back and see, how can I be of service to other people? Such an incredible example. You know, I talk about how our kids learn more from us by watching us than by what we tell them. And here you Mm -hmm. are sitting at this age 
just personifying that even though at the time when you were a child you didn't really appreciate what she was doing in retrospect you're able to see that you were given an example of being of service to others from the time you were young so then when you do start stepping into it yourself it feels perfectly natural and obvious right yeah yeah now my father my father was another person that I didn't really appreciate and saw his sacrifice when I was growing up my brother and sister would tell you that I we were just butting heads all the time However, my father was very involved with everything that I did in school. He was involved with the Booster Club. Um, He worked two jobs, and he worked two jobs to put us all through private school in Los Angeles. And, And looking at the public school system then at that time, and the amount of money that he was making, that was a big sacrifice. And when I had Michelle, I looked back and just saw him from a different light of all of the sacrifice that he's done. And I just wish that I was, I could be half the parent that he was when it comes to being of service to us and to you, to, to my kids. And so that was another big example that, that was for me. And the other thing I saw <clears throat> is your book is so good, you know. Well, thank you. Be the parent you wish you had. <laughs> and as we get older, we look at things differently. Totally. So when I was a young kid, I wanted my dad to be a certain way. But now that I'm older, I am so grateful and appreciative of what he did for me. And when I'm parenting my, my daughter and my son, I'm okay if they're not really liking my decisions because I look at the sacrifice that my dad went through for me and dealing with the fact that I wasn't appreciative, but he still did. Clifton, that is such an important point for parents who are parenting young people. They cannot possibly, the children, comprehend what goes into all of the decisions that we make. And it's a little bit ridiculous to expect them to or to assume that they will. As a parent, you've got to decide what's important and why. And you have to parent that way, and you have to be able to defend it to them, and they, they're they going to get pissed off. Right. They're not going to agree. <laughs> right. That's not the point. And when you've really thought it through, that's one point of my whole book, is decide what your values are, decide who you want to be, decide how you want to be, because then you can defend it. You, can, you don't care if they get pissed off. These mm-hmm. poor parents who think that their job is to make their kids happy all the time. It's not fair. It's such a good point that you make about... Or even the the kids that, you know, the parents that want to have their uh, their kids kind of, I don't know, be their friends, you know? Oh, Anna, very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, think about how different your life would have been if your dad had just wanted you guys to be friends. I tell tell Michelle sometimes, because Michelle and I, I think we butt heads very similar to how I butt heads with my dad. And And I told her, Imagine a cartoon strip or a cartoon character where you have somebody holding someone in a headlock and then the guy who's holding the person in the headlock has a syringe and on the syringe says wisdom <laughs> and they're trying to squeeze it into that person's head. So, so Michelle's in, I'm holding Michelle and I'm trying to squeeze wisdom in and the medicine's just squirting out. Right. <laughs> it Bouncing. doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. So your point is very valid. It's like you got to be a model of what you want. You because to. you just can't force it onto people. No. And that's one thing that your book said. I remember doing Thanksgiving and Christmas, I would ask Michelle to join me when I would go volunteer. 
And I thought that would be a good way of giving her an example of giving and that would impact her life and she'll do it as she got older. And I remember when she was older, I was asking her, do you want to go volunteer and do some other things? And she said, not really. (laughs) The only reason I did it was because you forced me to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So when you said that in your book, it just resonated with me to where you can't really force these things onto your children. You you can just be be an example and they're going to pick up what they need to pick up. We have no idea where it's going to land. It's like we're planting seeds, Mm -hmm. and they get to pick which ones they're going to water and and put in the sunlight when they grow up. And we have no idea. But we can still consciously plant the seeds. Exactly. Maybe maybe with that syringe, (laughs) we hope that a few drops are getting in, you know. You never know. It's impossible to know, but that doesn't mean you don't try. And then the other thing I, I think of along those lines is... You never want to take a snapshot of your children or of anyone and say that's who they are and project that in the future. We're all a work in progress. And I, I, I wouldn't want that to be done to me. No. And so that's another thing that I would tell parents when it comes to parenting. In the times that I had the most difficult times with my, with my children is when I looked at a behavior and I took that behavior and I projected it into the future like they will always be this way. <laughs> oh, that's so important. And wouldn't that help you, if you know that as a young parent, wouldn't that help you relax a little bit knowing that? I was envious it's when I saw- just a moment. I was so envious when I saw other parents be so calm. I'm like, how can you be so calm? <laughs> I thought they had the secret sauce or something. Yeah, you were just saying them in a calm moment. I'm pretty <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> or or I, I really valued when I saw people who had older children and they seem sane it's like oh so you made it through <laughs> you know that's what i that's what i was saying earlier that people are so happy to hear from us like like we have grown children and and we survived and you're and okay they survived <laughs> like you, you are gonna get through this definitely like not getting through it isn't an option <laughs> yeah. yeah and the epiphany is the things that gripped me so much when i was raising michelle is not that significant. And I would think, hmm, so if I was calm, it would have worked out anyway. Mm. So maybe I just need to relax and enjoy the ride. Mm. And that was Dude, another epiphany I had. Huge gift for any parent who's right in the midst yeah. of it right now. Yes. And I see, I see Michelle today, she's an artist, and she is all about putting in the world her art and having it impact people and then helping people who are artists feel welcome in her community. So in her own way, she is doing something of service. She is Absolutely. being of service to the to the world with the expression of her art. She plays the flute, she writes poetry, and she paints, and she's a model. And then Tyler, at 18, is so focused. He is going to Ohio State right now and is getting a degree in architecture. But he is all about taking ideas and concepts and just creating it. Uh, when he was a kid, he used to he used to make WWE wrestling belts. Oh my gosh. And just create stuff. And I remember one time we were doing a project. I went we went to Michaels and bought all of this equipment and I was coming back to go build a house or something and I was taking I was measuring trying to cut things and then when I said, "Okay, I'm ready." I turned around and he had already built it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he is just so creative. You just reminded me of all those friggin' <laughs> late night trips to Michaels when yes. the kids are like, "I have this thing due tomorrow." Right. And you knew it for how many weeks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a long time. And you know, I wouldn't wouldn't trade in 
not a single one of them yeah to be yeah. there and be supportive of them that way was such a gift i love that your daughter you know i i personally believe that when artists share their gifts or any creative shares their gifts that is service mm. right there you know sense of service aligns so closely with my concept of the power of one which is using your time talent money gifts and energy to make the world a better place and i do feel like an artist simply figuring out how to share their art like you don't need to do more than that i mean that is service right there and the fact that she's also helping other artists that's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and one of her favorite authors is alex gray Mm. and in in one of the books that he wrote he says that there's art in everything so whether it's the traditional fine artist or whether it's um, a business person or someone right. who writes, it's, it's there's art in everything, in all of the political sciences. And, and so if you're able to see that, if you're able to see the world through the lens of an artist, mm. then I think that's just a, more, a much more beautiful place where you can see the creativity that is expressed. Right? Life, life is art and your life is your yeah. canvas. Yeah, I love that. And you get to... I like paint that. It. So, so, so your future is a blank is a blank canvas. It is. So, how do you want to paint your life? It, you're not asking me that question. This is just a rhetorical. Rhetorical. Yeah. And, yeah. and let's say if you, if as an artist is painting something, if they don't get it right, they just change it up. Yep. You know, nothing's permanent. Right. And so I love oh, that. Oh, dude, such an important point for parents to not get too hung up on oh my god I made the mistake oh my god I yelled at him oh I shouldn't have done it that way let it go and just decide to do differently next time because all we can control is this point forward that's all we can control we can't do a single thing about what happened in the past Christine you're helping me right now oh <laughs> yay right. yeah. I sent I sent uh, Michelle and Tyler a text recently and I said something to the effect of hey I hope that most of your memories of me are fond and memorable and they're so strong they outweigh any of the negative ones <laughs> and then I sent a picture of all three of us doing something silly <laughs> yeah you know Eckhart Tolle talks about the power of presence all the time and it's one of those teachings that's interesting the first time I heard about it, I didn't get it I think the 125th time I still didn't get it mm-hmm. um, I had to kind of immerse myself in it and then there's also teachings about how even what we believe about our past can be changed. We can rewrite our past by thinking about how we think the story happened mm-hmm. and thinking about it in another way. And that's a really great way of healing things that you wish you had done differently. Um, I could go on and on and on with so many examples of that. but. Yeah, all we can do is this point forward, right? You know, I like what you say because when we, I was telling you when I looked at my father and my mother and some of the things I saw my father do as a child, I didn't appreciate. I was looking at that through the lens of a child. Right. But then when I had my daughter, I now look back at those same things through my memory and saw them differently. And so that, that possibility is available for anyone whether it's something that is very abusive yeah. or, or any event that's happened in the past and, and the ability to do that frees you up dude it allows you to, to blank out your canvas of the future right. and not and not let it be um, splattered with things of the past it's so sad to watch someone 
holding themselves back from being what they could be and how they could be projecting and controlling their energy from this point forward because of anything that happened back there. Like, let it go and move forward. Yeah, and rewriting it. I mentioned in another show that I, I had been saying that I was neglected as a child, not in a negative way. My parents were busy, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so we kind of raised ourselves. They were doing the best they could, though. But I recently learned to shift that perception of seeing that neglect as a negative to seeing it as a positive mm-hmm. because of all the things I had to learn on my own and got to learn on my own because we were making our own way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful for anybody out there who has regrets or that they're letting bog them down. There's just no point in that. Mm-hmm. There's just no point in that. And then, you know, I have a saying, um, worrying is just borrowing trouble from the future. <laughs> That's a good one. I it's like, like that. that doesn't serve either. Worrying about anything or anybody, that doesn't serve either. Mm-hmm. Just right now that's all we got just do the best you can right now and if you add up if you just decide to be happy and do the best right now and you add up a bunch of happy moments then ultimately you'll have a happy life right yeah yeah you know a thought came to my mind it probably has nothing to do with what we're talking about dude we're just talking there's a book that my daughter gave me and she we were having a difficult time communicating and so she gave me this book and she said dad i want you to read this book and I don't want you to talk to me until you're done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God, I'm stealing that. There are so many people that I give them books because it's important. Right. Oh, that's good. And the book was entitled The Lost Art of Listening. Oh. Now, I don't remember the, the, arter, the, the, the author. That's However, okay. the purpose of that book, and when I read it, it was so meaningful to me because it's tr- it truly is a lost art. And when you look at what we're talking about, you know, the sense of service, one of the things that we can easily give other people is the experience of being heard. Especially our children, right? And Michelle is such a strong, strong person. She was feeling that I wasn't giving her that experience of being heard. Obviously, she gave you the book. I love that. (laughs) I I love. I love that she was so thoughtful and cared enough of our relationship to say, hey, dad. I want, I want our relationship to be better, and I'm not getting the experience of being heard. Oh, so, since you're a, a brainiac, you're a left a left brain person. <laughs> Go ahead and read this book, and then let's talk. <laughs> oh, so brilliant too! Like her telling you wouldn't have had the same impact. Right. Making you read it was really important, and then I love that she put that that point on the end of and don't talk. I'm not going to talk to you. Tell you. It's like cut you off, I mean this. <laughs> This isn't just a suggestion. <laughs> I love that. This is so awesome that we've been talking about sense of service so long because you were, you have been a financial planner, and I thought that we'd be talking totally about financial acumen, mm-hmm. um, fiscal you know fiscal responsibility, and we haven't. But do you mind shifting to that? For sure. Cool, because sure. um, I think it's really, 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 really important, and I think that at any point in your life, you can decide to begin to know more about it. But man. Mm-hmm. If we could start when they're little bitty and actually launch them with those skills. And I'll tell you right now, we can't guarantee they'll apply them. That's but we true. can still feel really good about having served them. So talk a little bit, if you don't mind, because I know that part of your service is helping people be more financially astute. Yeah, and, and I, I want to go a little bit deeper with just that phrase of being financially astute. Please do. Uh, We talk about financial literacy, and that's really the knowledge of knowing certain things when it comes to managing money. However, uh, there's a term called financial capability. And financial capability is more um, 
it encompasses more than just knowledge. It encompasses the ability to mindfully make decisions that are appropriate for you when it comes to your finances and the financial instruments. And we make financial decisions every day. And, and we do those primarily being influenced by our parents, consciously or even subconsciously. So, so it's more than just knowledge. And, and with the Empower series that I do now, I tell people that the first thing that you should become a better steward of is not just your money, but it's your ideas. Mm. Because it drives everything. Your thoughts drive everything. Everything. So, so if we can teach people to be better stewards and mindful of their ideas and their thoughts, to think on their own and not be brainwashed by a lot of things that they see. And then also to look at how they spend their time to ensure, because that's the most precious resource the we have. The most valuable asset we you have. You can let somebody lose your money, but you, can, you should never let somebody waste your time Ooh, because you can that. never get that back. But yet we, we, seem, we get so upset when people when we lose money and and we waste money but we waste more time than anything else and that equates to a lot more in in value and resources than than the money that we make and so i i really when i as a financial advisor i help people look at their values and their thoughts and their time and i align the two and then i give them some education about the basics of money but the real the real work of a financial advisor is, is more behavioral than just knowledge. Isn't that true about helping anybody about anything? Yeah. yeah. It's not about the it's not about the what, it's the how. It's like the fundamentals. I was talking to somebody I was talking to somebody recently, a commercial developer, and we were just talking about my clients and how there's so many people out there that are making so much money that's beyond belief. And the, yet I'm their financial advisor. And so when I'm talking to them, talking to them about some basic things that they don't know about retirement accounts or this investment, I'm thinking, but you're making so much money, you should be teaching me. <laughs> like, how do you do what you do? <laughs> yes, but making it and managing it are two very different things, aren't they? That is so is so true. And, and so what I find is that people who are able to manifest their ideas in a very creative way to be of service and to provide value to the marketplace in a massive way, tend to have access to money and resources. And then they use, they use financial professionals to help them make the type of decisions, whether it's banking or investments or insurance, estate planning, that's not their forte, but they use those professionals to help them make those sound decisions to be better stewards of their financial resources. To manage it, to, to mm. not let it evaporate. And so back to, so with our kids, what do we want them to learn given that they're at different ages and their focus is so, you know, it's not really on money. So you give them certain things, like I was reading in your book, the, the idea of having jars so that they can put certain money in them for certain purposes is great. And then the fact that you had them write down on a ledger you know how much is in those jars? Those are things that are critical. I find that a lot of people are not tracking where their money goes. And if you're not tracking where your money goes, how can you really manage it? That's one of the things that I find people will be so relaxed when it comes to their personal finances and tracking where their money goes. But when they're working for a company, they would not take that relaxed mode when it comes to doing their budget, 
or running their business, but yet they take that relaxed mode with their personal finances. So that's a shift of mindset. So important to be aware of where your money goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're not tracking it, you can't manage it. If you're not tracking it, you can't manage it. So, But that goes with your time. That goes with your thoughts. That goes with so many other things. And whatever you're, whatever you're advancing in in life is usually a result of you giving it attention. Your relationships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your education. Mm-hmm. Yep, your attention, which is kind of a, a, a combination of your thoughts and your time. Yeah. So financial acumen is a part of it. it. Like there's a book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So the book Think and Grow Rich, he came up with that topic because many people are thinking about rich and money. But in reality, his book is truly about your mind. Priceless book. Uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough wrote a second version of that book, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. And his focus, and he spoke a number of times, and he says his talks are never about money. His talks are about courage. Mm. And he says, this world is not divided by race. It's not divided by money or gender. It's really divided by dreamer versus non-dreamer. And the things that we're experiencing in this world right now is a manifestation of somebody's idea and dream and imagination. And it starts with that. Everything. The end result is the money. But I think if you start with trying to manage money and think that's the end goal, you're missing what comes before that, which is the power of thought. Dude, nailed it. The power of one is based on understanding that every single thing that exists started with a person who thought of it. Everything, everything. Mm -hmm. There's not an exception to that. It's kind of amazing. I told you it was going to go fast. Yeah. Are we done? Dude, we, we are so close done. to done. I know we're going to have to do it again. You have to promise me that you'll come back and we'll okay. maybe do an hour show maybe I, later. I, I don't do know. want more time. I know. <laughs> but if you don't mind, I yeah. do want to make sure that everybody understands who you are and what you do and how they can find you and the work that you're doing in the world and how they can participate if they want to. So do you mind telling just who you are, Clifton Ellis Johnson? Well, it all depends on what angle you look at me from, right? But I would tell you... Christine, you were an Empower Series speaker this year. And so what I do is I create experiences for people to realize that they are powerful, the power of one, that the most valuable resource that they have is their ideas and their thoughts, and to believe in their vision and their imagination, regardless of their current circumstances. And so I do that by having every third Saturday of the month, we have an event where we have a local speaker or a national speaker come in to share their personal story of how they've overcome some type of adversity to achieve their goal. And then they address an empowering message. So whether it's financial literacy, the power of one, whether it's um, like this month, this week actually, this weekend, we have Tiana Von Johnson coming in and she's a brand specialist from New Jersey. And she has built um, a real estate brokerage firm off Wall Street. She's the first black female to have a brokerage firm on Wall Street, and she's a brand specialist. So she's going to come and provide a lot of her insight and wisdom and her story to inspire us all to achieve our goals and realize that our brand speaks before we open our mouth when we walk into the room. So important. What you're doing is so important. 
And I know everybody can't make it to that event. And if they can't, where can they find it later? So we are definitely on the web. So our website, www.empowerseries.com. You can always look at our um, company, upcoming events. And then all of our programs are recorded and they're on YouTube. So if you just look for Empower Series, you'll find us on YouTube. We also have a Facebook, the Empower Series. We also have Twitter and we have Instagram. Whatever your social media flavor, we're out there. And so I would say just Google Empower Series and you'll see our symbol, which is a circle and uh, some lines in the, in the center of it and, and share it with other people. I've had so many stories where a person saw our video and reached out to me because he was about to buy a business. Mm. And because of that, he asked if we can help. I connected him with SCORE, Mm. who was having a class on how to buy and sell businesses. And then we were doing an event where the gym that he wanted to purchase, we had a speaker who owned the gym. So I connected them. So resources are available all around you to manifest your idea and take the next step. I'm so happy to end on that because collaboration you know, my, my personal belief that we can have a scarcity or an abundance mindset. And when mm. you have an abundance mindset and you understand that there's enough out there for all of us, then we can just all build each other up and collaborate and be there for each other. So it's like reach out, excuse me, yeah. and find out, just ask the question. And if sometimes if we don't know what the answer is, we'll know someone who does. And we just all have to be there for each other. Clifton. Thank you so much. I I hate to cut you off. I hate to end this. We'll have to do it again another time. And you guys, thanks for being here, whether you're watching live or whether you check us out later. 18 Master Values, be the parent you wish you'd had. Thank you so much. Bye.